0: Special reporter Dennis M. Roy with the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast coming to you live from the Kenosha, Wisconsin mayor's office, where there is a meeting currently in progress to talk about this weekend's uh, situation and how to handle it. Let's listen in. I believe, Mr. Pecker, my name is Peck, Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportions. What do you mean biblical what he means is old testament mr yes. mayor real wrath of god type stuff exactly. fire and brimstone coming down from the skies rivers and seas boiling 40 years of darkness earthquakes volcanoes the dead rising from the grave human sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria enough i get the point what's up everybody it is your by d roy coming to you live or on demand in reality from the beautiful town of kenosha wisconsin where yes yes things are not all that great but we're not here to talk about any social justices injustices we're here to talk fantasy football Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dog underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore one three. Find me on Facebook for the time being at Dennis M. Roy. And remember, if you care to donate, donate at Venmo at Dennis dash Roy dash 14. How is everybody? I know I promised you three fucking podcasts last week. Problem was, I got into an argument with my Alexa on Friday in the middle of a podcast after I already had 40 minutes fucking recorded, and I got in an argument with her for about 20 minutes and forgot to hit pause on the podcast. So, completely scrapped it, spent the weekend working on Spreadsheet, working on ADP Charts, working on tier rankings for drafts, working on dynasty rookie rankings, working on updating depth charts, which we have to do again. Because of course, right after I get done sending everybody out that information, what happened in Baltimore? What happened in Baltimore? Oh my goodness, we had Safety Earl Thomas get cut um out of seemingly nowhere he put teammate. Apparently there was stuff going on uh that we have no no idea about. We do still remember the tag teaming incident with his brother, which is neither here nor there. Um but yeah, that's that's where the third podcast went. Um I'm going to make it up to you. I'm doing this one today. This is going to be the one that was supposed to be on Friday. This is going to be your DFS one. And then I'm going to do another one uh, that's going to go over uh, my 10-team full-point PPR Superflex draft that I did on Saturday night. And we'll kind of go see what uh, transpired in that draft where players were going uh, feelings on certain players so uh first and foremost we should probably just go to some news here see what's going on uh there was a big fucking controversy thing with uh the COVID testing <clears throat> and where there was i guess one facility in new jersey that was getting positive tests and it was kind of causing some uh some chaos within the league and there was like a secondary i believe a secondary testing site that was like no these were all negative uh so basically all the players got uh got got an off weekend they're all returning today to practice so that was good um Ooh, we got... Browns had a... Ooh, Browns rookie safety. Grant Delpit carted off with apparent lower injury. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's going to hurt our Cleveland defense. Probably going to have to move them down a little bit if that comes up bad. Um, Yeah, Sean McDermott going off on uh, inconsistent attendance policies, which I kind of agree with. Um, the Dolphins are allowing 13,000 uh, fans for their uh, home opener week two against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Bills coach Sean McDermott is not very happy with it. Uh, most teams, I believe, are saying that they're not going to have fans at least for the few- first couple of weeks. So yeah, I kind of saw that come in. That Miami was planning that, and I thought it was kind of odd, but um, it is what it is. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Let's see what else we got for Monday's training camp news. Uh, Let's see. L.A. Chargers wideout Mike Williams left practice with his arm hanging, diagnosed with a shoulder sprain, and is considered week to week. Uh, But his collarbone is still intact, which is good. So if that's a sprain, we'll have to see how bad that sprain is. Uh, Washington Douche Canoes defensive end, yes, it's very hard to go. You thought it was hard to go from, r- say, Redskins to football team? Try looking at football team and going to fucking Douche Canoes. But the Washington Douche Canoes defensive end, Chase Young, uh, was back to individual drills. Uh, he's dealing with a hip flexor injury, okay? Uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson returned to practice Monday uh, after missing two sessions with a groin injury. Uh Ravens cornerback Marcus Peters, uh, who was dealing with soft tissue injury, also returned. That's good. Uh, Seattle Seahawks coach Pete Carroll announced defensive end Brandon Jackson is back in the buildings and in meetings after leaving Saturday's practice in an ambulance following a helmet-to-helmet hit. That's a good thing. That was really good. Um, They were worried, I believe, uh, possible spinal injury on that one. Um, So that's really good that he's back. Uh, he can have a week off for all I like, give a shit. Just keep him healthy. <clears throat> uh, he is expected to be out of practice for a little while. Uh, Carol also announced at out Philip Dorsett has a sore foot and won't practice. Uh, here's a big one. Arizona Cardinals running back. Kenyon Drake was spotted in a walking boot on Monday. Uh, coach Cliff Kingsbury downplayed the issue, uh, but that is never a good sign. Uh, that's worse than fucking... Um, the whole uh, Miles Sanders deal. So we're going to have to find out. We're going to have to follow that. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. If you were high on Kenyon Drake, you need to keep an eye on this. Uh, that also will help us uh, or we'll need to keep a lookout on Chase Edmonds' backup. Um, I don't have... I don't know why I didn't put the uh, depth charts up, but we're not doing depth charts today. So, uh, New England Patriots have resigned veteran kicker Nick Folk and signed rookie defensive lineman Michael Barnett. Barnett, I'm sorry. Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon is back in practice after missing Friday's uh, due to a rib injury. That's good. Uh, linebacker Justin Strand is out for the season after having surgery on his dislocated wrist. Uh, he was a backup, so we're okay on that. Uh, Green Bay Packer fans... We will rejoice because Green Bay Packers cornerback Jair Alexander, tight end Mercedes Lewis, and linebacker Zadarius Smith returned to practice. Big Z. Big Z, that's a big one because he was uh, just doing kind of – he was still at practice, but he wasn't doing much outside of, like, some small individual drills. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs wide out Tyreek practice. Tyreek Hill was limited at practice, but dealing with a hamstring. Uh, You can just sit him. For all I give a shit. Veteran linebacker Nigel Bradham's time in New Orleans was short-lived. They have released him. Okay, that's great. I'm glad I put him in the charts. Uh, Carolina Panthers linebacker Shaq Thompson says he's 100% with his groin. Uh, Sat out Thursday's practice but returned on Friday. Participated. Okay. And then we have the Cleveland Browns rookie safety Grant Delpit. Uh, Let's see. Indianapolis Colts defensive end Ben. Benagu was carted off the practice field with, after rolling his ankle. He's a backup. Uh, Buffalo Bills placed undrafted quarterback Ike Brown on the reserve retired list. Oh, no. That's no big deal. Uh, let's go through what happened. We need to actually look through Saturday because I don't think I had a lot of Saturday stuff. Uh, they only updated through Friday, which was real fucking weird. Um couple signing oh no i did take care of these i did take care of these i'm gonna have to go through a couple of them um uh, sunday though we're gonna go through some of these uh now they the douche canoes had said that thaddeus moss was released but they did end up putting him on ir Uh, Undisclosed. Uh, Cody Latimer was cut. He was on the commissioner's exempt list uh, for a domestic uh, uh, arrest back in May. Uh, TJ Logan for Tampa was put on IR. John Franklin on IR for Tampa. Uh, Dax Raymond for the Pittsburgh Steelers on IR. Casey Tucker cut from Philly. Uh, Let's see here. Las Vegas, you got anything? Oh, Las Vegas actually signed Theo Riddick um, to a one-year contract. I don't know if that's a camp body. Um, But that is not what we wanted uh, for Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs will still get, you know, the majority of everything, but uh, Theo Riddick being in town kind of gives me a little bit of pause. I'm hoping that kind of um, hurts his value in draft. and kind of knocks him down a bit because he had been climbing – Uh, For this last week So that could be good news I'm still really on Jacobs So don't worry about that Uh, Let's see here Oh, Charles Jones for Jacksonville On IR, great Uh, Just put him in the spreadsheet Now I gotta take him the fuck off God damn it Just redid that uh, yesterday as well Uh, Let's see here Indianapolis, a couple of IRs uh, Houston, some IRs, nothing big. Detroit had a cut. Ooh, Denver signed that little, little white guy. Cody White, wide receiver. Um, John Ross reinstated the Earl Thomas for Baltimore. Yeah, we know that. Uh, Jordan Scarlett for Carolina, backup running back. So this is going to mean that Bonifon. Reggie Bonifant is definitely going to be the backup for Christian McCaffrey uh, because Jordan Scarlett was cut yesterday. Um, Arizona officially signed Trey Kirkpatrick, um, which is good for their defense. At least gives them another body. Duke Thomas, I believe he was an undrafted free agent. Corner, if I'm not mistaken, was cut uh, without looking at it. Uh, And then we have the Nigel Branham. Nick Folk deals here. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of DFS here today um, and kind of go through this. If I can, if I can get this to pull up here. So you have your salary, you have your salaries for FanDuel and DraftKings. FanDuel has a $60,000 budget. Uh, DK DraftKings, of course, has a fifty thousand dollar budget. So, what you are looking for basically is, um, ow. you're looking for basically a two and a half, a two and a half point return on your duel uh, f- uh, Fanduel. Uh, and you're looking for a 3 on DraftKings. Now, what that means is basically you take that, si- on, fan, like say for FanDuel, you take that 60,000, and generally the golden rule has been just you can just do basically 2X. Two, uh, two so you take that 60, you times it by 2, it's 120 points, and that'll generally get you across the, the pay line in your 50-50s or otherwise known as cash games. Um <clears throat> we've been shooting a little bit higher last year in that. Uh we've been shooting for about a two point five X return. That's about a one fifty. DraftKings, we've been shooting for generally historically had been shooting for a three X return on that. So you take fifty, that fifty thousand, you just take the fifty portion of it, times it by three, that gives you hundred and fifty. Um We've been shooting a little bit higher on that one as well. We've been going, basically trying to shoot at about a 3.5x, which gets you to about 175. The reason for this is the start of the year, generally, the one if you get anywhere between 120-130 points on uh, FanDuel, or if you get it between about 150-160 points on DK, to open the year has generally been good gets you across the cash line gets you paid it's it's the easiest way to get paid um, versus doing uh, gpps or tournaments which we'll get into Um, the problem is there's a lot more sites out there right so there's a lot more people subscribing to places Uh, we're not going to get into the good or bad of of each site but Generally, most sites have been pretty darn good at um, their player pools for cash, um, especially. Um, So, what it has done has actually started bumping that line up. Generally, it's been moving it at about a one up to about one hundred and thirty points. So. On FanDuel And that's been bumping it, definitely been bumping it up more towards the 160 on DK. Now, the other problem is what are called trains. And this is one of two things. The first one is you get basically a site where somebody runs an optimal lineup. And a bunch of people will gravitate and gra- just grab that optimal lineup. This has, you know, been popular within, you know, lineup sellers. Um which never do, by the way. Never pay for somebody's lineup. Um and you'll get like anywhere from you know, maybe five players to we've seen in our cash games, we'll see. Uh, about up to about 25 30 at some point um, it depends on when you uh, reserve your when you reserve your your spots in these contests generally we're looking at about 100 players per contest on FanDuel and then there I believe it's 124 134 off m- memory for the cash games on DK that you want to play. So essentially, what we are trying to do is we're trying to beat these, make sure that we get above these trains. Now we used to run a what's called a core 4. It's four players. Generally it's a it's a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver and then any combination of a running back, wide receiver, or a tight end that we're um, where it's our core, it's our solid plays and then we build off of that core 4. So you create this core 4 for your your 50-50s. You get your you get your team where you max you where you're generally maxing out your salary. In tournaments, you're still using that core four, and then you're changing it up for your lineups, um, using more of your high floor or I'm sorry, high ceiling, low floor kind of guys, guys that are kind of boomer bust to try and get to the top of whatever contest you're in. If you're playing fucking Millie Makers, you're not going to make any money. Um, if we talk about tournaments, you basically want to keep yourself to single-entry tournaments, uh, three-entry max. I, I, I actually don't mind the 20-entry max ones where I'll enter my three. Um, you'll generally get a... a bigger top end prize on there. Now, on those contests, you're only you're only going to be able to cash out if you get in the top 20%. So, you got to be careful with that. You want to spend most of your money in your cash games, not in your GPPs. If you're spending more money in your tournaments, you're kind of doing it wrong. If you're if you're trying to maximize your profit at the very least. If you're just doing it just for fun, shits and giggles, fuck around. You just want to go for the big prize. Hey, I have no issues with it whatsoever. If you want to be a tournament player versus a cash player, but you need to, you need to decide if that's what you are. Um, I'm more of a cash player. I'll play, I'll play, um, safer lineups. Um, but we have actually gotten rid of the core four. We got rid of it about halfway through the year when we started finding out that, um, when we were trying to beat the trains, we had to get up to about 140 points. Um, so we kind of took a little bit of safety out. Um, we allowed, when I say we, I, I talked to a couple of the guys that are really devoted to this product um, and we kind of came up with an idea of putting a little bit more high higher upside guys in our lineups um, instead of just playing it safe and kind of shooting more for a higher ceiling rather than that stable floor. So sometimes the way to get... Uh, to do that is to get rid of the core four because what it was doing was really restricting um, how we wanted to do our lineups so instead of all of us having the same core four we'd use the podcast we'd use the write-up and decide on our own core fours what we were comfortable with and build our lineups off of there generally it would end up being very similar lineups without even talking to each other. We'd end up very similar lineups. The reason why I do the podcast is so you are able to pay attention to my voice inflection on when I'm really on guys and when I'm more or less kind of like I like him. I don't know if I can use him. Um, he's very, very dangerous. You know, very, very dangerous. A lot of times, people will take me saying it's a GPP play and say, "Okay, all right, I'm going to use him." He's on him. He's on him. You know, he, he wouldn't have put him in the write-up if he wasn't. Well, the reason why you get as many players as what I put in is because a lot of people want to play um, very different lineups. Our cash lineups generally will end up with three running backs because they they touch the ball the most outside of a quarterback. Um, and then we'll use kind of uh, more mid-range wide receivers. And that includes with tight ends. We'll kind of pay down for tight ends. We pay down for defenses. Um, but some people, when they want to do GPP, they want to use high-end wide receivers or very high end running backs in just two spots and then pay down uh, while paying up for like say a quarterback. So there's different levels of as far as price per player that I have to put into these write-ups. And a lot of people don't understand that. They want me to pick they want me to pick you know specifically who the guys are. Well, if you're listening to the podcast if you're doing the write-up, um you know specifically this podcast i mean we go through this we go through this fucking list like at least twice on the podcast paring down the amount of players that we really want to use i mean you when you're going from almost 300 players down to a list of you know maybe 30 to 40 that's a lot you know, when you're trying to pare down, you know, ninety almost ninety percent of the league, you know, eighty nine let's just say eighty to ninety percent of the league out and fit your list. I mean there's there's gonna be different ways to construct. If I only put you know, two or three players, let's just say let's just say a max of five wide receivers. Three running, you know, maybe three running backs and two quarterbacks and a couple of tight ends. What's going to happen? You're going to come back on Sunday when I'm trying to help people with either their seasonal leagues or their daily lineups, where they have questions on, on uh, preference between a couple of people. You're going to come to me and you're going to be like. Hey. I need this th- I need a wide receiver for under $3,000. What do you like? But instead of one one person doing that, I'm going to have a ton of people doing that because I didn't give them an option in there. So that's the way that's why I write it the way I write it. I'm also doing Cash game plus GPP write-up in the same write-up. A lot of times you'll get a lot of, you know, if you go to the tout sites and stuff like that, you have one guy that's specifically doing cash, and you have one or two, you know, however many are writing for their football uh, content. You'll have you know a couple of other guys writing for a GPP. I don't have that luxury. I'm one fucking person. I'm also not going to write two separate fucking articles. One is enough, especially when I denote if it's cash or GPP, or if you get that guy that's kind of on the border, that's the cash slash GPP. Those are the little bit more dangerous guys, but they can pay off. And a lot of times those guys really do belong in our cash games because we're shooting for that higher ceiling. Now, I've I've learned from a couple of the best... You know, cash game players. I changed my game up a little bit from what I was taught. It's an evolution year to year. We learn, you know, we observe what's going on with the industry through our games and we adapt. And we try to figure out how are we going to beat these guys, right? Or at least that's my job, right? That's why you trust me to do this, to put the spreadsheet together, to try and outsmart the best players in the industry. And I think we do a pretty damn good job for the most part there is some learning stuff I really wish there would be a lot more people that would come to me earlier before the season starts rather than say week 1 but it's not going to happen and we know that we've seen me deal with it I don't mind dealing with it but again you're going to feel my wrath you're going to take my you're going to take my shit You're going to take you're going to take every bit of it for not paying attention during the preseason at the very least during training camp. And I see it. And I know who it is in every single format. At some point I have to quit babying people. And if I have to use tough love, I'm going to fucking use tough love. Especially this year. If you've seen anything that I post with social media, I've basically am fucking done with everybody's bullshit. And I've started telling people, quit fucking around. I love everybody who gets the work. But at some point, you have to learn that you have to put some of your own work into it. We're talking for seasonal. We're talking mock drafts. uh, Best balls. DFS. Talking about concepts. Um, We're talking about players. Players. You know, I don't mind people taking a look at FanDuel and saying, hey, you know, I see Christian McCaffrey is is 10,000 on both sides. FanDuel and DK. I believe he's 10,000. Yeah, he's 10,000 on DK as well. And he's playing Las Vegas, who's had a pretty shitty run defense, let alone handling running backs. In the pass. Is he a good play? What would I probably tell you? What does Christian McCaffrey rely on a lot? Relies on pass receptions. FanDuel is a half-point PPR site. DK is a full-point PPR site. Now, let's say you wanted to do the bare minimum and do a a 3X, right? for Christian McCaffrey. On DK at 10,000, he averages about 31 points. That comes out just a little over 3X. Now, we shoot a little bit higher. We need to understand that's a high price to pay. That's going to take 20% of your budget. Is he worth putting into your lineup or is it a detriment to your roster construction? Roster construction is very, very big. Now I would probably say if you look at the run if you look at running backs just in general on DK, he's ten thousand dollars versus Las Vegas. The next highest priced running back is Delvin Cook at seven point nine K. That's a twenty one hundred dollar savings. That's $2,100 that you can use towards your other positions. So am I going to recommend Christian McCaffrey for cash? It really depends. If I was to say it right now, I would probably say no because I'd rather save the $2,100 and build up at, say, a second or third running back or a wide receiver. Let's take a look at wide receivers on DK since we're over here. Same kind of deal uh, for Michael Thomas versus Tampa Bay. Uh, He is $9,000 on there. Brings back about a 24.6 fantasy points per game return. Uh, Does not bring 3X back, but he's generally been pretty good uh, versus Tampa Bay. It's in New Orleans. I would definitely like to get a piece of that if I could. But now you look at the second second highest priced wide receiver, Tulio Jones. Against Seattle in Atlanta, 7.7K. What is that? It's a one point three or thirteen hundred dollars savings on there. You also have Devontae Adams, Green Bay at Minnesota at seven point three, and we've already talked about the Minnesota secondary, and he's looked really fucking good in the preseason here. I can't—I call it preseason. It's fucking training camp. Uh, tight ends, generally, we do pay down. You'll have George Kittle. He'll come in as the highest-priced tight end at 7.2. Second-highest-priced tight end is going to be Mark Andrews versus Cleveland at $6,000, so it's another $1,200 savings. That's the kind of things that you want to look at. If you want to look at value and stuff, um, you have to scroll down and just see kind of where they're at. Now, QBs, let me see here. QBs, yeah, we get an $1,100 savings from Lamar Jackson down to Russell Wilson, um, who could end up putting about the same output out, to be honest, in week one. Uh, with uh, Cleveland at Baltimore for Jackson, Seattle at Atlanta for Wilson, you get it's $8,100 for Lamar Jackson and $7,000 for Russell Wilson. So uh, you can definitely look at paying down for quarterback there. And then you get over to FanDuel. FanDuel's same kind of idea, but you really want guys that are going to get a mass amount of carries. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is fine if you're looking at a two two and a half x return uh, at 10k for 25.82. That's actually he's he's right there. But but and <clears throat> the thing about Christian McCaffrey on FanDuel is I do like playing him better or paying. Him playing him more around DK because you do get the full point PPR, but um, Christian McCaffrey's generally been a guy that you can trust uh, versus Las Vegas. Um, So he's not he's also not taking 20% of your roster budget either. Now a guy that we would probably like a little bit more is actually on the other side with Josh Jacobs. Comes in at 8.2. So you're saving you're saving about 1800 bucks. Now, my question would be can Josh Jacobs actually reach over that 20 that 20 threshold, let alone at 8.2 what I kind of want to know is if he could hit 24. Cuz I shoot for I'd like to shoot for the 3x, shoot a little bit higher. We shoot for that 150. So, that's kind of what I'm looking at when I'm getting into FanDuel and DK. Uh, It's never an exact science, although the optimizers that everybody runs would tell you so. But uh, that's kind of it, at least for now. We'll kind of get into basic concepts and stuff. And once we get to the first week for the regular season, most of that's going to be dealing with Uh, DFS, considering the fact that we'll be able to get an early start on it um, in that week. Uh, Most of your drafts, you're not going to be able to make any roster moves on that first week anyway, so we won't really deal with the waiver wire. Uh, But if you do have lineup decisions and stuff, you're going to want to still listen because we will go through the schedule and kind of talk about matchups as we go. I may end up just doing uh, three or four matchups per episode. Um, earlier in the week we'll probably go over some stuff We definitely go through that Thursday night only game Uh, DK actually has the contest already set up for the Thursday night only game which is great because I can get that started and kind of get that fitted Um, because what you're going to see is you're going to see some symbols um, like uh, at the end of each player's name you'll see uh, the capitalized SD which will stand for showdown um those are the single game contests um, I actually have to enter the st that SD uh lettering code onto the um uh, uh, into the spreadsheet not only on the face on the face that the part where you're mostly looking to for the matchup um, I also have to enter it in for the. Uh, where I put in the FanDuel and uh, DK numbers because you have the uh, FanDuel is not as bad because the MVP because their MVP spot doesn't change much from their flex or doesn't change at all actually as far as the pricing for their flex, um, but it does change on DK where you have the MVP spot uh, versus the regular flex because they they times the price basically by one and a half. Uh, for that MVP spot so I have to actually go in and change all that and I'm really hoping that I get like the Thursday night contests um, on Sundays because I would actually enter those in right away if I can um, but if they don't come in on Monday it is what it is so uh, oh yeah and, and most of the time for your Sunday Monday contests, those are gonna I'm gonna end Uh, combining those, so it'll be a primetime slate. So you'll see a PT on that. That'll be the last slate, basically, on your sheets. And I'll have that designated by the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. The first week is probably going to be another showdown on the Saturday night. And then you will have, um, and I have to actually designate that as a separate because Yahoo and Fantasy Draft have not entered in their um, pricing yet, and Yahoo and Fantasy Draft actually takes um, the main slate, which is the Sunday uh, early, early afternoon, late afternoon, and they add that Sunday night game on there. So you're going to see two separate entities on there for the Sunday night game. You're going to have one that's just inclusive for their main slates, and then you're going to have another one that's going to be actually for uh, set up for the primetime slates. So we're going to do that. Um, but uh, this the first week, the Monday, will be a primetime slate. The Sunday, I'm not Sunday, I'll do a showdown. I'll do a showdown for the Sunday night game, uh, the NBC game, the late night. And then for the Monday, I'll do a primetime slate just for the Monday. So if you want to do showdowns for Monday, uh, especially for the people over at, I'm sorry, SI Fantasy, um, Steve Renner will have uh, most of that probably just for the showdown slates. And he handles the primetime slates, whereas I'm just going to focus on one. Um, but I will be able i will be available to talk about those slates when they come up so we're running over forty minutes here that seems like a good stopping point considering the fact that you're getting two podcasts so when I come back we're going to talk about my superflex draft that I did on Saturday night until then I forgot what my ending line is but Fuck it. I'll see you guys in a couple minutes if you're going back to back.